are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. Welcome to Where Your Treasure Is, season four, the podcast where faith and finance meet. We've spent a wonderful three seasons talking about money, but we haven't focused so much about how we talk to other people about money. And so this season, we are going to be looking at that in more depth. How do we have conversations about money? Should we have conversations about money? Who do we have conversations about money with? I could go on, but I'm going to introduce my wonderful and much more knowledgeable co-host, Simon. Hello and uh, welcome back, loyal listeners, and welcome, if you are new, to the podcast. I mean, I think that, Bex, you and I, we've had many conversations about money, some of them on air, as it were, some of them off the air, and... uh, For this season, yeah, we're kind of introducing our listeners to some of the practical ideas around how can we have those helpful and healthy and hopefully spirit-led conversations all about money. So Bex, where do you think we're going to kind of start off with our season and with episode number one? So episode number one, I think, is an introduction to the topic and really covering some of the basics like why should we have conversations? How do we do them? What do we have conversations about? Where do we have them? Just the really practical things before later on looking at things like our own attitudes to money and how that interacts in different relationships as well. So Simon, first question, should we even bother having a conversation about money? I'm hoping that for those who've uh, heard some of our chat over the past months, if not year, There's a lot that can be talked about money. And I accept my natural inclination is to err into the technical. That's my job as a financial planner. It's to understand the intricacies of the UK financial system and and how we can use it to our advantage. But at a much more fundamental level, I'm thinking way back to playing shopkeepers with my kids You know, you get out your paper money, Monopoly, love it as a game. We deal with money all the time. And if we don't learn how to deal with money well, we're going to make mistakes. And how better to learn than to talk about it? I mean, even just mentioning Monopoly has triggered some traumatic memories for me. So already I'm beginning to think of all the things that money can conjure up when we tackle it in a healthy or unhealthy way. But I think Monopoly and it brings different memories and I learned so much playing Monopoly so straight away, even a simple topic like that brings different attitudes and beliefs to the table. So the goal of this recording session today is not to flip any tables and that will be a more positive Monopoly experience than some that I have had in the past. So we also have a faith aspect. We're coming at this from the point of view of two Christians So what does the Bible say about conversations about money? Does it encourage it? Does it discourage it? What's your take on that, Simon? In some respects, I think the Bible is one prolonged conversation to us as believers. And if we're reading it, if we're hearing it, we're going to be receiving a lot of God's wisdom. And a lot of that is money-related assets, possession, wealth. And Jesus, we know, spoke a massive amount about the topic of money and possessions. 
And one of the challenges, I think, is that we might receive teaching, we might read the Bible, but that is a one-way conversation. In fact, therefore, it's not a conversation at all. You know, you might listen to a parable, you might read a story that Jesus says, until you have someone to turn to and say, what do you think about that? Or do you agree with that principle? Or how did you interpret that? We can't really develop our own understanding of money, our understanding of the way that Christians should use money and maybe how that's different from believers in other faiths or of no faith at all. So I think the conversation really enriches our understanding, but then also our ability to do the right thing with money. Absolutely. So delving into these conversations, we've spoken a little bit about the why, but can you give us the flip side? What happens if we don't have these conversations? If we're thinking already inside, this is so awkward, is it going to do any harm if we just keep pushing it down the track? That's a really interesting comment that people think money can be an awkward topic of conversation. And I totally get where you're coming from. I'm not sure if it's something that is culturally built into our society or if it's something that we have been taught over time that money isn't a polite conversation topic. And why would that be? You know, is it the fact that it starts to um, create feelings of jealousy or competition? You know, well, you've got more than me or I've got more than you. And, And we begin to distance ourselves from other people. Is it because we are afraid of revealing too much of our personal situation. Often people don't feel confident about how they're using money or their financial position, and they don't want to reveal that to somebody else and feel criticized or condemned. So normalizing money as a topic of conversation is absolutely something that I want to do. It's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. It's to bring it into the open, to pose questions, to educate, to teach, to challenge, because managing money badly, and that might simply be because no one's ever taught you how to manage money, no one's had that conversation with you, leads to huge problems, social problems, health problems, issues of debt, and that can spiral and really get people out of control. But a healthy relationship with money, which is probably driven by healthy conversations about money with your parents, with your friends, with your partner, with your children, that can really create a strong foundation for people to live life to the full. I mean, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life in all fullness. I think similarly with money, money can be used as a tool to help us live life to the full and not be something we shy away from or try and hide under the carpet, never talk about, let's pretend it doesn't matter, because it does. And just as you were speaking there, it triggered a memory in my head of the part of the Bible where Jesus is talking to Pharisees, and they're saying, hey, why won't you call out this sin? What's the deal here? And he says, first remove the plank in your own eye before removing the speck in your neighbour's. And sometimes when we approach money, we can be really quick to notice in other people attitudes or behaviors that we want to call out. But actually, it can be really helpful to examine 
our own lives and what we carry into that situation. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time just reflecting on that on an individual level in episode two. So we've talked a little bit about the why. My next question is, what should we talk about if we think, yep, I'm really happy. I want to have a conversation about money, but what should we be talking about in those conversations? The topics are almost endless, but I'm going to suggest that maybe we should start on some safe ground. You know, it probably isn't appropriate to dive straight into deep philosophical questions about people's use of money or who they're going to give the money to when they die. You don't know what emotions it's going to bring up in people. So maybe there are some questions that we could use to help open up a conversation with somebody about money. I'm thinking things like, what was your first memory of money as a child growing up? Or what attitude towards money did your parents instill in you? With obviously the expectation that we're going to share in conversation a bit of a bit of to and fro. Because if you open with questions, asking people their opinions, their thoughts, it's less confrontational rather than, like you say, Beck, sometimes we disagree with people's choices on money. So why did you spend that much money on X, Y, and Z? Or don't you think you should be giving money to so-and-so? When you speak that way, you build up barriers between you and the other person, as opposed to, hey, I'd be really interested in finding out what's your attitude towards, and then pick a topic. Now, it might be something that is topical for the two of you. Uh, You could both be looking to buy a house and you might ask that uh, conversational partner, hey, how do you go about saving up money for your deposit? Is it in the bank or a nicer or are you investing money? Maybe later in life, you might have a conversation with a friend or a colleague about retirement. I'd be interested to find out, are you thinking about retiring early or how much money is enough to retire? And maybe at the very end of life, you have those kind of conversations with with a trusted friend or even a family member. How much money is it right to leave behind to family or to give away while I'm alive or to leave to charity? These are decisions that maybe only happen once and getting input from a trusted friend could really help you make a good decision. People have questions and they want answers. And only by going to and fro, I think, can we begin to develop our own understanding of what we think, let alone what other people think. Does that help a little bit? It does. And I'm intrigued by when you're asking these questions, do you go in with a particular agenda or an end point where you want to get to? Or you think, oh, if I ask these questions, I can build to this crucial point that I want to discuss? Or are you just genuinely interested in what people think about different aspects of money? I think that depends upon the person you're speaking to, the situation you're in, and the relationship you have with them. So many of my money conversations are in quite a professional environment. And I might be thinking to myself, you know what? I need to get this person to a point of understanding the advice that I'm going to give them. That's my job, my day job. So I might go down a series of questions, picking out answers, following the conversational topic until I can almost bring out of that discussion the information I need to share with them or help them understand. But if I'm having a conversation with my wife, with my children, or in my church small group on a midweek 
Bible study, I suppose I can either really want to know what they think because I'm interested in their attitude to money, or I might be asking them a question because I want to tell you what I think, but I'm going to be polite about it. I'm sure we do that sometimes. Or I want to learn as a group or as a couple or as a team, how are we going to reach a conclusion about this? But I like having conversations about money. I probably am unusual in that respect. So using this questioning technique, people like talking about themselves and you can't be wrong if you're talking about your opinion. As long as you give people permission to say, you know what, I actually don't know what I think about that. And that's absolutely fine. And you touched on a few groups of people there who we might want to talk to about money. So you mentioned your wife, you mentioned your children, and you mentioned your smaller church community, the people who you have conversation with and study the Bible with every week. Are there any other groups of people we should be thinking about having these conversations about money with? Let's have a think about that. I reckon there are probably times in our lives when we need to have money conversations with different types of people. Family is clearly the closest one. Not only then spouses or partners and children, maybe your parents. There'll be a time in life when not as a child you're asking your parents, but as an adult you're asking your parents about attitudes towards money, about decisions about the future. And that can be quite an emotive time in people's lives, depending on what the topic of conversation is. I'm sure we'll get back onto that in episode two as well. What about if you are thinking of moving in with somebody and that person doesn't have joint finances with you? That could be a flatmate or a group of flatmates. Uh, Even some couples and some spouses don't share their finances. And you might need to decide in advance, how are we going to pay the bills? Are we going to split them evenly? What about paying for food or paying the rent or the mortgage or a deposit. How are we going to split these things? It would probably be helpful to find out before you move in with somebody if you can get aligned with your financial planning in that situation. What about in the work environment? Perhaps working professionally with somebody and you find that they're a bit reckless in spending money or they're too conservative in using money. Again, it's an opportunity maybe not on a personal basis, but in the environment you're working together to start to pull out of people how we and how they have been brought up to manage money, to handle money, hopefully so that everyone can do it better. And then thinking about the church environment, yes, you might be part of a small group, a Bible study, and you can consider the biblical perspectives. But what about the young people in the church? Who's talking to them about money? What about new people coming into the church a few weeks into their Christian journey? They've got no idea the depth of what the Bible says about money. And they're going to take years to find that out. But coming alongside somebody and saying, hey, would you like to have a conversation about a topic like money so that I can share my understanding, my knowledge, my thoughts, my feelings about the biblical approach? I think that relational aspect is so key, especially if people are joining church, because the last thing you want someone to take away is that you're just after my money, 
Whereas actually, if we have a conversation about how that's part of our worship, how that is part of our surrender to God, that he owns everything and we are giving back to him a little part of what he has entrusted us with. That is a completely different starting point as opposed to, hey, you've joined church, now give us 10% of your income, please, every week until you die. So that sounds like a really helpful starting place. And we have identified some of the why, some of the what, and some of the who. All of this we will revisit in more depth throughout the series. But I'd love to talk about the mechanics of that conversation. So how do you have it? You mentioned starting with questions. And actually, when is the appropriate time and kind of where is the appropriate place? What's the ideal setup to have a conversation about money? Something springs to mind, which is the antithesis of the perfect time and place and way to have a conversation about money. Uh, And for those who are married, you've probably been in this situation where uh, it's late at night, you're both tired, you're desperate to go to bed, but there's this pending question which is going to touch on the emotional raw nerve of money. It's not the right time to spring upon your spouse. Why didn't you pay the credit card bill or you spent how much on that? Whatever it is they spent money on. So I think we need to have an awareness that we all can sometimes be a bit tender when it comes to the topic of money, unless we're well practiced. And I think it does take practice. So maybe there are some steps we could take to get better conversations. Once you've worked out who that conversational partner is going to be, have a think about the kind of topic you want to talk about with them and also the kind of person they are when it comes to talking about money. It might be a very simple topic with a very open person. Hey, Bob, remember that £20 I lent you last week? Any chance I could get it back? Oh, yeah, sorry, Simon, I forgot. Hand in pocket, here it is, job done, conversation over. Or it could be something that takes a bit more planning. Um, Actually, I'm struggling this week to meet my half of the bills. Could we have a chat about how maybe we can manage that together? And for some people, maybe those who you're in closer relationship with and where there have been difficult conversations about money in the past, maybe it takes even a bit more planning. Could we have a wee conversation about our budget for the next year? Maybe sit down over a cup of tea. When would suit you to do that? And what is the place where you will both feel comfortable saying what you think without maybe being overheard? Should you go for a walk and have the conversation while you're doing something else? In fact, for some people, you have to catch their attention in quite a specific way. You might have to book an appointment with them to get their full attention to be able to spend the time that you both need on that topic of conversation. Because you want the conversation to be successful for both of you. What you don't want is that you try and you start and it goes horribly wrong and it's like taking a backward step. And then you've got to overcome the failure of the first conversation before you can get round to the second. And certainly don't start with the big topics. Pick something gentle. Maybe pick a topic that you know that that person wants to speak about and introduce it. Maybe they will be more inclined to say yes because it's something that they care about or something they need to know an answer from you, or you need to agree in the situation that you're in. Okay, so give the other person time to prepare for that conversation. Don't just spring it on them. Think about a place where you will both be comfortable and be able to express yourself. And also, 
pick a topic that's more dipping your toe in instead of diving straight in at the deep end. And what I really enjoyed and what you said there, Simon, was that you said it's not a success unless it's a success for both parties. And I think just bearing that in mind is so helpful because often when we are carrying our own emotions or we're frustrated or we just think things should be done a certain way, it's easy to think a success will be the other person saying I'm right. And sometimes we have to think actually what is the cost of that? If the cost is lots of tears and crosswords, is that a success or is it not? Do you have any other thoughts you want to bring in this introduction to conversations about money, Simon? I've been thinking about the journey of our lives. And you said there that it has to be a success for both parties. As young people, as children growing up, our our parents really define not just our attitudes towards money, we, we kind of pick it up off them, but our ability to use and spend money. Do we get pocket money? How often? How much? How does that compare to our friends? Do we have to do jobs to earn our pocket money? What about Christmas and birthday money? Does that get put in a pot? Does it get saved? And then a point comes maybe as teenagers where we want a bit more independence and freedom about money. Will our parents give that willingly? Will they start the conversation? Or as my son recently did to me, he had to approach me and say, Dad, I'd like to talk about my money and how much I get and what I can spend it on. Fantastic. That's an encouraging, healthy conversation. And then there's some transition that takes place between being a child living at home and an independent adult living somewhere else. But having no one to have conversations with is is rare. Is it a flatmate? Is it somebody from college or student or university or work where you are interacting with them financially? And then if you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a partner, a spouse, that person where you're bringing together, possibly for the first time ever, two different financial attitudes. That's actually a really key moment when you have to discuss how you're going to bring those two different responses to money together and find a way that you mutually agree. So I think life is a constant conversation about money with somebody, but it's one that we're not very open with. And if we can encourage our listeners, Bex, and you and me ourselves, to have more of those conversations, it should only improve the outcome for everybody. Absolutely. What was really interesting was the way you peeled back some of the layers and some of the aspects of things that shape our own views about money that go way, way back and that we may not even be aware that are informing our views. And so that's what we're going to look at in more depth next time. But we've called this conversations about money and we don't want it to just be between the two of us, but we would love you to join in in that conversation as well. So if you have thoughts or questions about what we've said, or if you have a particular aspect of this conversation you would like to be covered, please do get in touch with us either by emailing where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk or by sending us a message on Instagram at where your treasure is podcast. We would love to hear from you. Let me throw a couple of suggestions out of things that people could message into us. So number one would be an answer to that question. What is your first memory about money? Because usually that actually is a first memory that has defined an attitude that you carry forward into later life, which can be sometimes healthy and helpful, sometimes not so much. 
And the second question might be this, much more difficult, I suppose. Are there topics about money that you want to discuss with somebody and you're really struggling to find out a way to do it well? What is the topic? Don't tell us who the person is, but you'll probably find that you're in a similar boat with many other people who also struggle to talk about that particular thing. And if we can give you any tips or tools or help to start those conversations, then that will be a success from my point of view. Absolutely. And if you would like to do that anonymously, then feel free to do that as well. And so we'll be back next time to talk a little bit more about our own individual attitudes about money and how that influences how we approach these conversations. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. And that's goodbye from me as well. And we'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go. Thank you.